Hey kids, are you ready for a very special episode of It's Now or Never? It's increasingly acidic and it turns out all the plankton will need tiny plankton caskets. Things are eco-pocalyptic. Is it too late yet to stop it getting spooky like the third part of a Hieronymus Bosch triptych? Uh, Mr. Jeremy? What? Um, where do babies come from? Oh, uh, okay. Um, well... When two people love each other very much, or when one person feels equal to the task of single parenthood, or like if a free-spirited collective decides to- I heard, um, a stork brings you to your mommy and daddy. Well, that's obviously a lie designed to stop you from asking inconvenient questions. What bootlicker told you that? My mommy. Well, mothers are treasures, and yours is absolutely right. You did come from a stork. Congratulations. But the rest of us, we came from a long period of introspection, philosophical inquiry, and intense discussion. Or maybe someone forgot to wear protection. Or they just said, you know what? Life's short. We're all gonna die anyway. We're gonna die? Kid, do you even listen to my podcast? Mom says I can't listen because it's marked as explicit on iTunes Store. Oh, well... Cover your ears, because this intro track's about to kick in. In this very special two-parter, we tackle the question of procreation, among other things. Mostly other things. Given the state of the world, is it morally justifiable to have children? But if you don't have kids, are you missing out on an opportunity to imbue the drudgery of your life with greater meaning? The stakes have never been higher. We're not choosing whether to have kids based on how your podcast goes. There are, as usual, no stakes. In part one, we're joined by entrepreneur, flight attendant, and father, Matt Cornell. Uh, he's not my father, he's just a father. I thought that would be relevant to the, uh, whatever. We'll talk about the purpose of laughter, procreation, the escapist urge, eugenics, the secret to podcast success, and incest. He talks about, uh, incest. <laughs> and All right, great. So now I have an audio clip of you saying the word incest that I can use. <laughs> there goes my life. Uh, oh, Okay, we don't really talk about incest. I just like holding that clip over him. Seriously, this is gonna be fun. Matt is super adorable and charming. You'll love him. Sorry, ladies, he's taken. Sorry, Emily, I'm trying anyway. Have I mentioned it's now or never? It's a podcast. This is technically a podcast, just in case there was any confusion. And uh, the podcast part starts now. <laughs> okay, now we, can, <laughs> now we can start a conversation. That's nice. I did. I did actually listen to your podcast with Talon, and it was hilarious the oh, whole time. <laughs> I just wanted. I wanted to be talking like with you guys the whole time, and just I had all these comments ready to go. I just thought you guys were like really cool and talking about nerd stuff, and like everybody was super knowledgeable about these things. I was like, where do you store this information? Like, just, you know, the part of your brain like, where you're supposed to be storing useful information, birthdays and phone numbers, and I'm stuff. I'm telling you, I can barely remember like the first year of my firstborn son's life, and here you are, guys, like. Rem- 
remembering all of these directors. <laughs> Glad you enjoyed. So, are you still vegan? Yeah. You want to fight me? Oh. Let's talk about that. No. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Um, I can't. I, I'm not. Yeah. I, I have. No, I have no horse in that game. <laughs> so I have nothing <laughs> to fight. <laughs> God, I wish I had um, more interesting things to come. Like, I feel pretty positive. I know that it's kind of, this podcast is supposed to be sort of a darker. It's really funny because, like, you have to think about it, like, your, uh, like, short-term versus, like, long-term. Like, long-term, yeah, all that stuff is really sad. But, like, I have, I have, like, a lot of things to look forward to in the short to medium term. Like, (laughs) those things make me excited. The pop culture stuff, that's the kind of stuff that you get to still find joy in. But yeah, if you apply anything to, you know, 100 years from now, like, it could get really weird. Like, my poor children will probably see this, you know, at some point. Be like, oh yeah, we've been talking about, you know, melting polar ice caps on this podcast in 2018, and oh, what year is it now? 2060-something, and like, oh, it's like a real thing, and everybody has to live on mountains, like... (laughs) But in the meantime, the new season of Always Sunny started. <laughs> wow, that is a that's a whip. <laughs> that's a that's a quick ass change. I want emotional whiplash. That's what I'm uh, going that's for. That's good. Ah, no, well, that's exactly what I got. I was at some party at some convention, and I was and talking to this guy next to me. Turns out he was like an executive producer for College Humor. And he had just finished, like, doing a bunch of research on why we laugh. And um, he was, like, way back in primitive days, like, uh, you'd get nervous. If you thought that there was a, a predator in the bush, you would you would uh, scream, right, to alarm everyone. That was how you alarmed people. But um, if there happened to be no predator in the bush, then you would laugh. And that was a way to, like, let everyone know that it's okay, and so, like, this emotional whiplash thing that you're going for kind of works, which is that, like, danger! <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Although the hey, danger is still huge there. Huge danger! Let's just laugh. Like, <laughs> I wonder if there is an aspect of laughter, which is that there's, like, you're just dealing with doom. Like, impending doom, where you're, you're like, oh, yeah, this is really, like, life-threatening, dangerous for me and future generations. And then you just sit there and you go, <laughs> because that's the only way you can close the door. <laughs> I think so, yeah. Because yeah. what's the alternative? Just wallowing? I mean, that gets old. It's kind of like, well, if you're not going to kill yourself, you have to find a way to move on anyway. <laughs> Here I go again. <laughs> that's such an extreme, but it's so true. <laughs> well, and also yeah. just think about how many comedians have grappled with mental illness of their own that's actually a real good point i'd never actually made that connection before i mean you have to have impending danger in order for laughter to be funny right like otherwise your body wouldn't feel the need to relieve stress like you would have to have stress in the first place yeah i think there's something to that and and just Hmm. like the more fucked up you are maybe the more incentive there is to just learn how to use laughter or laughter inducing methods as a way of dealing with that this is sort of morbidly curious because then the reverse would also need to be true right where like okay so let's say our environmental stuff or like the state of the world gets like worse and worse 
does that mean that we get funnier and funnier or, or like laugh so, yeah. more as time goes on where we just spend all day being like, ha ha, this is fucking crazy. Ha ha ha. Like, let's just keep, let's just die laughing. Like, I think so. Well, like look at the, <laughs> look at the Trump administration. I mean, it's a fucking nightmare, but the late night is killing it, you know? Yeah, I mean, they're only getting popular. If it's not a funny news source reporting on something, it just makes you sad. You're just like, uh, here we are. Like, but then, you know, you have the late night people coming on and sort of laughing at it, and it helps you get by. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what else to say for that. Right, because it's the same information, but they they have they soften it a little by helping you relieve some of that tension instead of just constantly escalating it. Yeah, I and I wonder like what there is to be said for people like using super morbid jokes. I don't know why I'm getting so down this like head hole right now. <laughs> You're but... ready for it. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm getting into it. Are you still doing the flight attending, flight attendance, attendery? I am, as a matter of fact, which is really great because I get to have like a much more like, I don't know, real heartbeat. Like whenever I'm flying around and talking to certain people, like I was actually in D.C. when Trump got elected and it was so weird. It was so I was downstairs. There was an investment banker next to me. and He was like mainlining Long Island iced teas. He was on like number eight like when i wow. and he was looking at the after hours trading thing and it was just like a bloodbath and it, it bounced back which i guess is good but like it was just that was really weird for me and i had to fly the next day so it's very strange like <laughs> to just like see what the the ripple effects of that were and how everybody was just like somewhat terrified <laughs> so yeah and now i would say that people are still terrified but that's normal it's now. sort of like a callousy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> from here we can either talk more about i feel like you probably have a bunch of uh flight attendery stories um but i also want to talk about your business ventures at some point oh yeah that's actually one of the things that gives me the most hope is that i make stuff like uh that might be the thing that lets me get by all this other bullshit about the end of the world <laughs> <laughs> is that like well i don't care because i make stuff <laughs> because and making stuff gives me a huge sense of fulfillment i actually just made this right here oh nice see that yeah i'm working with some esports teams right now this was a coaster um but uh and for all of our listeners there i it's like a a 2d version of a revolver kind of with chamber slots but i cut out where the bullets would go in and i realized that as a coaster this is pretty inefficient because the whole reason you have a coaster is to keep moisture off of the surface and i just cut a bunch of holes in it <laughs> so i realized that it's basically useless and then i changed it and i made a better one but it could function yeah. as like uh, uh brass knuckles for really fucked up handshake this oh, is the one i fixed it to yeah it looks a little better it's the which they probably don't want me advertising them on strange podcasts, but they're really cool. That's right, folks. The <laughs> is officially endorsing Now or Never the podcast. Proud sponsors. Oh, wow. Great. Here we go. <laughs> you That's can buy all your Now or Never merchandise at the <laughs> dot com. Oh, my God. I'm going to murder you. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I'm glad that you're doing this, though. Have you done podcasts 
No, no, this is my first. I mean, I always kind of like, I, I always kind of wanted to, to try doing a podcast because I love podcasts. Um, but I never really could like pick a topic and I, I still haven't, but I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to let that stop me. I'll just talk to my friends and we can talk about whatever they want to talk about. And I'm actually really into this, like, especially the name. I actually think you nailed the name now or never because so many people in our generation, can I say our generation? Like how old are the millennials now? Are we like 50 or are we like, we're, we're old. We're going to die soon. I mean, I mean we're like, we're yeah. like approaching middle age. Yeah, well, and but I haven't like we always still get blamed for things. Like, aren't we at the age now where the previous generations had had blamed the new upcoming ones? Like, what are we blaming the next generation for? It's just gotta be something. I like to believe that millennials are self-aware enough to to have grown up like with the internet, <laughs> seeing all of these blog posts and newspaper articles and essays blaming millennials for ruining everything. I'd like to think that we're going to know kids are always going to suck in some ways and they're not going to be exactly like us and that's okay. I think we're also the first, uh, I mean, in the 70s, there was some talk about hey climate change is probably a thing and if we keep upping our fossil fuel usage uh we're probably gonna have to deal with that but we have like 20 years to turn it all around so we'll just do that and then they didn't like that did not happen so i think we're really the first generation to be like okay well it's too late uh we grew up (laughs) we told you you were gonna have to find a way to fix it and we believed in you but now by the time you are uh grown up it is too late and sorry and <laughs> but also fuck you guys you killed applebees which like yeah to all the baby boomers out there and gen xers <laughs> out there fuck applebees i'll do it again yes that's right oh my god no i can't. i love that you that we have this whole like hating of, of chain food stores and everything like that and i, I work for a you know major airline which we definitely cannot say on here so please don't say that or i will get fired like Mm -hmm. um oh you asshole you better cut that (laughs) actually i forgot what airline and i just guessed one but uh, don't worry i will definitely cut (laughs) it out okay (laughs) cut that out it's for real man they monitor your shit they really do like it's scary like the fact that corporations will monitor you and if you say anything negative about them they'll just fire you it's so weird um hey can i hear oh hey kiddo say hi to uncle jeremy hi hi <laughs> wow yeah he's, he's saying words now. those are people yeah. words oh yeah in oh and language. he's gonna interrupt me for a while yes no you may not i'm i'm talking say goodbye bye bye holy crap okay bye buddy I know, dude. Forget about it. Like, have it, like you. You think life moves quickly, and then you have kids, and life moves really quickly, and then you think things, certain things matter, and then you start realizing, like, dude, if like as long as I can just get this little brood to like adult age, like that's all that that's all that matters, which is horrible because it makes you a very bad citizen of the world. Like, <laughs> you're very much concerned with yourself. <laughs> um. I mean, it makes sense yeah. that producing offspring would kind of collapse your value system to protecting your offspring. And the moment you have kids, they only give a shit about their kids. Like, they don't care about their neighbor's kids. They don't give a care about anything. It's your kids first and then everything else. Like, if it's between, like, I need to go vote today or I need to make sure my son has lunch in his body, like, 
lunch in the body first before ever the, the voting, which is uh, terrible. I mean, so how does it work still? How does democracy work still? I don't know. You never really had to factor in the effects of human civilization as a whole. You know, it was always just like, well, part of making sure my kids are safe is also making sure my local band or whatever the 50 people tops that I interact with are safe. And, you know, I can't fuck them over too much. That's that's where a human brain can actually understand a local band of 50. But at the point where, like, it sort of seems to be that, like, the bigger democracy gets, the more and more... Uh, requirements are placed on individuals that organize that democracy and the more and more intricate those um what would you call them chores become to the point where like your human brain uh, stops caring like you have a child and like you're gonna care way more for that kid which you can understand and manage the needs of and have to because i mean it 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 takes a lot of effort for a citizen to take part in maintaining democracy and money's kind of calling the shots right now and money doesn't really want people involved directly in democracy uh and so i feel like there's a pressure to prioritize everything else above participating in democracy you know what i mean you have all these Mm -hmm. other requirements that you as an individual it makes sense for you to prioritize these like family needs and all this other stuff that, well, maintaining democracy can kind of take a back seat, but that's sort of by design. I mean, not to get too conspiratorial, but no, Hey, if full tinfoil hats are on that, I mean, not even full tinfoil hat, that makes perfect sense because like you're supposed to work super hard. You're supposed to be perfect for your family. And then you're also supposed to take care of yourself. Well, fuck that. You just can't. Like, you will always fail at one or the other. Pick two. And it almost never is, like, family and and yourself. Like, it's almost always, like, family and working. And then you uh, steadily get more and more upset with yourself, which is my theory of why we had midlife crises and all that other kind of shit. Yeah, I mean, this reminds me of... I was sort of noticing if you take all of the things that you're quote unquote supposed to do every day or every week or whatever, like if you run through a list of make sure you do this every day, you know, take take some time to do this. You know, you're supposed to work really hard. Make uh, You could put in a little extra extra time at the office if you can. Also have a side hustle. You know, it's mm-hmm. best to keep your options open. You know, also like brush <laughs> three times a day, floss, etc., uh, exercise for, you know, an hour every day, uh, do a journal, all this stuff that's like pretty universally agreed. Yeah, this would be good to do every day. But then you add up all the time that it would take to do that. And now it takes like three days to do all the things you're supposed to do right. in every day. Like, yeah, that's unwinnable. And it adds to sort of this constantly needing to like prioritize things. Honestly, what I see in the next generation the most, which causes me to pity them more than blame them for anything, is, like, an intense social media pressure, like, that I never had to deal with. Like, I feel no guilt whatsoever walking away from Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, like, all that. I'm just like, well, fuck it, I don't need it anyway. Like, <laughs> but I was also the generation that started that shit, and, like, I kind of feel bad that they're in that system because, I don't know, uh do you do you okay so this is actually kind of an interesting segue into like do you want to live like a Thoreauian separatist absolutely 
<laughs> where you just like <laughs> screw all like i know some friends that are doing it and they live on basically nothing which is great but in doing so they rely heavily on the community structure around them like jeremy for instance a great guy um he drives lyft and that's what he does and all he really needs to pay is for his um rent and child support and like cell phone and gas like those are his like main expenses um and food i guess but i also know that he relies like fairly heavily on like you know the people around him to come by and stop in and say hey what's going on i mean even thoreau was dependent on his little network of friends and his connections he probably would have died if he couldn't like stop by emerson's place and be like i'm sick of beans do you have anything to eat (laughs) Or I I think he still received some financial assistance from his family because his family was fairly wealthy. For a while, I was like, how did Thoreau do what he did? Like, how do I get that? And then I realized, oh, he actually came from a bit of money. So he had he was able to handle the investment of setting up his little property and his cabin and everything. Yeah, well, and it's really crazy because like, I mean, Jeremy, if you wanted to, if I wanted to, both of us, we could just move out of the places that we have, sell all of our shit. And go camp on government land until we got caught and had to move to another spot. You know what I mean? We could do that. Or just rotate spots every week. I haven't looked into this. I haven't seriously researched this. But if you move every week, then you're not doing anything wrong technically. Because you're just not supposed to be Exactly. And you live in like kind of a weird gypsy lifestyle. But even under those circumstances... You need like what ten bucks a month for a PO box, like, and you would need to have some sort of PO box just so that you could like go to the hospital and like have a car, have the whatever it is you're driving around needs to be registered somewhere. You know, um, technically you could illegally not register it and still drive it on the road, but then you risk further financial um, mishaps. But you still need like you can't produce your own food that way, so you're still gonna need to go and get groceries every now and then. I guess you could have hidden gardens, like, where you move around and, like, just plant in high mountainy areas. That's true, but then your risk goes up. And they couldn't really succeed either, because, like, you gotta think, there are other animals that you compete with food over, and they would probably steal your shit. There's a guy who lives in the Ho Rainforest. I think he has a fairly permanent camp out. But he keeps it hidden. He doesn't make contact with anyone there. He doesn't bring anyone by. But he's sort of doing that. And he he teaches classes. And I guess he charges a little to teach foraging classes and stuff like that. But Thoreau, he owned property. And he produced food. So that takes care of the food problem. But then if you have property, there's property taxes. You're still going right. to have to pay the man. Uh, uh, one second. What do you need? You want some pancakes? I want some pancakes oh. also. So yeah, you can, um, I'll make you some pancakes. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> just FedEx it to me. Dude, that would be just the worst. <laughs> but essentially, like, the way that I understand taxes is you're given a certain um, uh, tax break just for being alive. And I wonder how much of that tax break would offset what you owed in property taxes. Like, if you mm-hmm. made no income and you got whatever, like, let's just say you had two children and made no income, the tax credit you would receive just for having those kids would offset any property taxes that you had. Potentially. I, I don't really know yeah, what, I mean, how property taxes are. I've never really owned property, so it hasn't, it hasn't <laughs> I really own come property, up. and it equals out to something. Like, if I paid this whole house off, 
uh, I would still owe around four or five hundred dollars a month in property taxes. Damn. Yeah, and apparently owning just raw land is basically nothing. But the moment that you put a livable structure on there, you pay like a ton more. Mm. Um, dependent on the square footage is what you end up paying in property taxes. This is really boring stuff. I find it fascinating, but I, in no way am I a prepper or some kind of like you know. I've I've done my escapism, but like everybody, I think deals with escapism in in one degree or another. Like where you're in a system that you really like, just don't see success. There's there isn't there. Hopefully, is success at the end of the tunnel, but it seems really unlikely. And so you sort of are just like, well, screw that. Like I'm gonna go and do something else. Like why would I belong to this type of system? Except when that system is the country you live in, and it becomes very difficult to just like change your country. Like, <laughs> and yeah. even if you got to another country, it's not to say that they would be any better than the way that you currently do things here. Uh, and so it's sort of like this. Uh, if I had my druthers, it would just be like a private island with no roads, and <laughs> you could kind of just like. <laughs> grow food and live on the beach and just like enjoy that like yeah lifestyle it's not even really just the country though i mean the 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 tendrils of supply chains kind of wrap around the whole world at this point there's not a whole lot of places you can go that would really be safe from the demands of multinational corporate interests Oh like maybe God. you do maybe you do f- find some kind of island paradise well what happens if that's like right in the middle of i don't know some new corporate endeavor or they discover something of value there or if oil's involved right. they'll destabilize governments like no problem uh, i guess you're right there is no escaping this There's giant no network of yeah <laughs> right space uh, <laughs> the final frontier oh, <laughs> Well, that's another, so there's like, there's the pole of the zeitgeist that is kind of preppers and kind of like apocalyptic, like, oh, shit's going to hit the fan. Let's get ready for it. Or let's, Mm -hmm. let's learn primitive technologies, or let's at least try to establish some kind of self, self self-sufficiency. But then the other pole is this futurist optimism where we're going to go to space and we're going to mine asteroids and oh, we're yeah. going to colonize Mars and all that. I Yeah, that sounds super great. Like, the moment you say any of that kind of stuff, it, it breaks you out of the other mentality we were just talking about real quick. It's like, yes, take me to a place where the laws are few and far between. Like, where I can just kind of be, do regular life and feel accomplished. <laughs> you know? uh, that sounds... It gives you, like, an imaginable scenario for actually being able to escape. That whole idea of, like, let's go colonize space, it gets really romantic to at least me. I mean, I don't know. I'm very skeptical of this, like, shiny possibility, though. Because, oh, like, yeah? let's say you go to Mars and you have, like, your colony operation. There's there's no trees for you to cut down and build your houses with. There's no, like, it's hard to, <laughs> it's hard to grow anything. Like the yeah. the resource investment just to grow like oh. basic crops is way higher. If anything goes wrong, you're fucked. Like there's yeah. really no scenario where you're not still totally dependent on resources from Earth. So Earth still has to have its shit together. I guess we're gonna be mole people, like just mole people. Yeah, <laughs> we talk about mole people with John in episode three. You know, I mean, there's ways to dig out hobbles. Animals do it, so. Sure. (laughs) 
yeah, if you just so you train a bunch of moles and uh, let them loose, <laughs> put electrodes yeah, I, in their brains. Just, I can't even. Hey, pretty cool. Are you going to do a somersault? She's showing me her moves. She's been doing that lately. We're play songs, and she shows me her moves, and it's basically like a little kid doing breakdance moves. Um, nice. Yeah. How many kids anyway. do you have now? Uh, two. Coming nice. up on three. Having kids is great, though. I mean, I there's I, I think it's really strange. Yes, baby. Do you want to see Uncle Jeremy? Here. Oh, hey, hey this kiddo. Is my little, this is my little girl. She's got this crazy curly hair on her. Oh, yeah, look at that. <laughs> yep, and she also <laughs> likes to... She's all punk rock and rock. <laughs> she just awesome. like, likes to scream and hit and dance. Dude, and she looks like you. Stuff. She's got, like, your eyes yeah. and your nose. Yeah, she's my little girl. I find it fundamentally strange that the popular narrative, it seems to be amongst young people, is to not have children. I, it's so weird. I don't know why that's weird to me. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I guess I probably had kids earlier than I thought I would, but it's strange that that's popular. Like, that's one of the more baser functions, right? I don't know if I want to get too deep into this because, like, I'm not trying to say, like, I don't know. Like, it just seems like, I mean, that's the whole reason you're fucking here. It's like somebody decided to have a kid. And it sort of seems to be really, like, anti-humanity to not want to have a kid, I guess. Well, generally, populations that don't uh, procreate don't survive. So there is kind of like a basic assumption that your genes want to spread and, you you know, you're supposed to be uh, driven to produce more of you. Um, yeah why aren't they like why why aren't we i guess i mean obviously i am i'm gonna have enough kids to take over the whole damn world after i die but (laughs) maybe not that many i don't i don't want to be irresponsible with it but like (laughs) my sister is like she pretty much wants to keep popping out as many babies as she can like she 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 wants to be the duggers which i don't understand at all there is kind of a world domination aspect that I love. Well, and that has often been, I mean, since the rise of agriculture, I mean, hunter-gatherer culture was a little different because you still had to kind of reach some you kind of You could only have as many babies as you could actually feed. Yeah. Yeah, but with agriculture societies, it's really incentivized to have more kids. Like, you need more kids to work the fields and your yeah. civilization grows uh your society grows and has has more power uh by having more kids so it's 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 pretty baked into a lot of our basic cultural assumptions at this point it's different now though our consumption levels have surpassed what the earth can actually sustain there's that like earth overshoot day gets earlier and earlier so we're we're kind of incurring a resource debt Okay, well, but which is going to come first, the climate change or, or, or that thing? Sort of both. I mean, they're not necessarily separate. We wouldn't have such a high carbon footprint if we weren't over-consuming. It does seem like a lot of people don't want to have kids. Um, but, like, those same people that are saying they don't want to have kids, I also find, like, fairly intellectually superior. And it sort of gets to this point where it's like, okay, if the people who don't want to have kids are the ones that understand, like, the problems that we're facing, like climate change and and all of these other things, then, like, those are the people we need to be having children to outbeat the others. I mean, I know that this is essentially the basic plot of idiocracy or whatever, but, like, we would then need to have smarter people having babies and making it harder for stupid people to have babies and not the other way around, like not taking some like high road <laughs> of like 
Well, that, I mean, that's really tricky, though, because once you start getting into population control, uh, <laughs> yeah, then you, the doors open for about. politicized, uh, like, how do you determine who gets to procreate? Like, what metrics do you use? That's always going to influence oh, yeah. whatever racial prejudices or any other prejudices baked into a society. <laughs> employee Matt Cornell is pro-eugenics. <laughs> I'm going to run for office one of these days, and you're just going to, like, find these little sound bites. <laughs> we are on iTunes now, by the way. We were approved oh, at the lovely. iTunes store, so. Wow, congratulations. Thank you. I will tell all of my friends that I've been on your podcast and have them laugh at me. So we got to start merchandising. I'm thinking it's a snow globe, but it's, like, a bunch of, like, burned down buildings, and instead of white snow, it's, like, gray ash. Wouldn't that be great? Oh, I could make that happen. Post-apocalyptic snow globe. Hold up. I gotta I gotta see if that's not a thing yet because that sounds awesome. I wanna help you make this podcast super popular just because like you wanted to do it and now you're doing it. And I think that it's super funny and I think you've got a voice and something to be said here. Well, and it's sort of that perfect like dark humor plus like pop culture kind of all getting like mixed into each other. I mean, I'm not really thinking about it in terms of like being successful at this point, just because I, I don't even really know what the topic is. Like there's no like niche focus or anything like that. Right. No, I mean, I think the things that tend to be successful are the things that were done without success as the main gasoline especially people that like want to be like i don't know i have a lot of people that that contact me for like business ideas so i hear a lot of pitches but if i'm honest with anyone the one thing that i tell them is that it's about how much content you produce that's it that is literally it if you can do like 10 to 20 episodes just enough to like fill out a whole podcast page or like if i have to scroll it all through your podcast i think oh they've been around for a while these are probably kind of cool but it's also early enough that i feel like i could get in and get to know the personalities and stuff like that like that's how you start building that whole thing yeah so it was always kind of interesting to me whenever somebody says that they want to do that i'm like well the first thing you need to do is actually start making that content because otherwise you just want to be famous like making the content you're going to realize like it takes a lot of work it takes a lot of time like you i feel very bad that you have to sift through a couple hours worth of my voice <laughs> but like you make really interesting content and i think that if you keep doing it eventually you will be successful and in being invited to panels and well that'd be cool yeah screw real job today yeah i can't even say that like i've got a pretty good real job you can be a flight attendant jeremy if you want to yeah for this better not come back to me like that that job <laughs> pays for my life dude <laughs> Uh, I hope that this is not like a boring podcast. No, I'm leaving. Not if I leave all the stuff in. Oh, uh, you got to take that stuff out for <laughs> real. I'm serious. If you find it, I will be the one person reporting it. As like, a, I'll go on and I'll be like, report podcast. He talks about uh, incest. <laughs> and all right, great. So now I have an audio clip of you saying the word incest that I can use. <laughs> There goes my life. Oh, uh, God. You're really going to fuck something up for me. I just know it. I know this is going to happen. Depends on if you meet my demands. There's a lot I could do with this uh, audio. Yeah, editing. you can. I'm trusting you implicitly right now, Jeremy. Well, it's not my fault that you're doing that. Um, <laughs> wasn't that fun? It sure is nice to get definitive answers to tough issues, you know? Um, I couldn't really hear you because you made me cover my ears the whole time, but it 
Sounded like you didn't land on any solid conclusions about anything. Oh, well, good thing there's a part two. Who's Thoreau? Why do you hate Applebee? What's eugenics? I'm hungry. Oh, uh, do you kids have any money? No. Damn, me either. You said a bad word. You said a bad word. Who told you to stop covering your ears? This episode featured vocal talent and banjo lele accompaniment by Christine Dechavinich. Intro track was Come Get Some by Blank and Kite. Closing track is Bubblegum by Miss Emma. Full credits and licensing deets on It's Now or Never Podcast.com. Hit us up on Twitter at Now or Nevercast. Or email us at HeyFuckFace at It's Now or Never Podcast.com. Don't miss part two with Caleb Benningfield. We circle back to the topic of having children, ask some tough questions about the value of work, dream up a computer-powered afterlife, and more. It's good stuff. I mean, I liked it. I don't know. If that doesn't sound good, check out episode 50 of the Ashes Ashes podcast entitled Apocalypse Now. It's a fairly deep dive into the IPCC report. Real good stuff. I'll put a link in the show notes. Anyway, it's your choice. I'm Jeremy. Thanks so much for listening.